Hello and welcome to another episode of Another Food World Podcast, episode 11. And we are going to talk about quarterfinals of Liga Max. Moving on to semifinals. As you guys know, the wonderful league of chaos and madness, especially in La Liga race and lots of surprises that me and Tom ran into. Um, especially talking about it last week, how we predicted and our predictions kind of fell through. Um, but like I mentioned, my other person, my other peoples, my favorite people in the whole wide world, Tom, how are you today? Muy bien. Yo amo México más todos los días. Es un país increíble. Qué bueno. Me gusta que ames a México como yo amo a México. Um, there you guys have it. Tom is in love with Mexico, in love with Mexican football, Mexican food, and etc. So let's put it that way. Um, so we are going to start right into quarterfinals of Liga Maggie's where we had two legs, first leg and second leg, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and Saturday. So, Tom, let's just get started by talking about Querétaro versus Cruz Azul, first leg in La Corregidora. Uh, Cruz Azul won 2-0, goals by Aguilar and Mendez. And in the second leg, Cruz Azul at home Saturday versus Querétaro, a 1-1 with a golazo from Elias Hernandez. And aggregated score, 3-1. Cruz Azul advances to semifinals, their first semifinal in five years. I mean, this is just an accomplished for Cruz Azul already. So talk to me about the Querétaro versus Cruz Azul um, game. Because second leg, Tom, you were at the stadium. Talk to me about how you saw the game, the experience, and um, that game. Well, I mean, they got the job done in the first leg, really, to be honest. Uh, and it was the first leg for me, I, I described it as the way Cruz Azul are going to win Liga Mekis because this overall is, is not the m most dominant of teams, but it's a team that have been very, very effective at getting results. And against Caretano on the first leg, they were very solid defensively. They gave up very little. Uh, away from home, it was an impressive defensive display. The organization uh, from Caixinha is, is absolutely fantastic. And I saw more and more of this in the second leg. I mean, defensively, their organization was phenomenal. And they got the goal from the set-piece, Pablo Aguilar, as he's done so many times, comes with it, up with a goal from a set-piece. And, well, they got a bit of luck. I mean, they, they hit on the counter well, but Mendes's goal really is a, a shot that is turned in by Mendes. So... It was a, a fortunate goal, and I thought, to be honest, they got lucky at the end of the game. It, and look, this isn't this isn't me criticising them. This is me saying that if you're going to win something in knockout football, normally you need a little bit of luck, and um, they, they've had that. And they they had that. You know, I, I thought it was a clear handball late on in the game um, from Jose Madueña, and you know, VAR this weekend has definitely hit the headlines in Liga Mekis. Uh, both legs in Caretero Cruz Azul there was some crazy VAR stuff and it was it was mad I mean you're watching it on the TV and you're watching the replay over and over again and um, there seemed to be no VAR uh, decision to, to even be made uh, within the actual 
match and you wonder well if we're watching it on tv this replay why is the referee not having a watch of the replay because it's certainly one that that needs to be looked at and needs the you know if the referee is to have the final say on these big decisions it needed the discretion of the referee um but like i said you know that that was a fantastic result for cruz azul i Gave him a great advantage going into the second leg. And Elias Hernandez's goal to start off was absolutely incredible. I mean, I only just I just got into the, the stadium just as, as kickoff. And so I pretty much just sat down when it went in. And it was an unbelievable strike. I mean, the way he delayed the shot and then finds the top corner, absolutely stunning. Made it very, very difficult for Keretolo to get back in the game. But somehow they stayed in it. I mean, you had all the VAR chaos in the second half. Um, the Romo go- goal being given and then the penalty not being given for Cruz Azul but you know, Cruz Azul had I don't know how many counter-attacks they had in this this game um, statistically they had two but I, I don't uh, quite trust that they had they had more than that how I'd define a counter-attack and they were absolutely terrible at um, finishing off these counters really really bad I mean they should have scored three or four it should have been very very comfortable and particularly I mean, Edgar Mendes was absolutely awful this game. D- dreadful performance from him. And um, you could tell the, the, the crowd were really getting on his back. You know, this guy consistently has not been anywhere near the standard of his fellow attackers, Elias Hernandez, Piojo Alvarado. And uh, he was very, very poor uh, against Caletero. But, you know, they made it a little bit more nervy than it should have been, in my opinion, but they came through and... Um, there's a, a buzz. There's a buzz about them, definitely. Definitely. I think we're talking about it when... Because you were at the stadium, so the whole thing with the, the the VAR and the penalty, and I think we talked about this after the game, you were like, what was going on? And I was like, well, referee was trying to get the replay on Edgar Mendes, but they kept replaying the foul, so we were all kind of like, is he really looking at the foul or is he looking at the penalty? And they kept replaying that play. And we were all like, is this, is this a real joke? Like we, like there's non-existent penalty with Mendes. He clearly fell. Are they going to give him a red card? So then the referee ends up marking the foul prior to that penalty. Um, mm. So it was just like kind of VAR. Yes, we're glad it's in, but there just needs to be either like a time limit or some, you know, regulations oh, like yeah. that because... It was madness in the stadium. I, I actually took a video of it. And the video is 2 minutes 38 seconds long. So that's how long it took for the decision to be made. And there's, there's no idea what's going on whatsoever. We, we don't see any, you don't see any replays in the stadium. So I had no idea he was looking at a prior foul. And suddenly the ref, the ref without doing anything, picks up the ball and runs across to the other side of the pitch. And everyone's going... What is going on? Where is he going? I mean, so we were like, is he scared he's going to get hit by one of the players and he's running off down, like he's he's running off the pitch or something? It was like, what is going on? And they obviously he he makes the sign and gives a foul, and I mean, we just go, oh right, well, okay. Uh, absolutely no explanation. It was it was chaos, um, but. That's that's where we're at, really. Uh, just adds to the chaos at the moment. Exactly. So definitely, a, you know, all in all, Cresul advanced the semifinals. Like Querétaro that we kind of wished, um, maybe in the first leg, was a little bit stronger. That way they can, you know, come into 
getting some leverage second leg, but they put up a fight, but it just wasn't enough. So, um, but you but c- yeah. you could so, see, I think in the second leg there was a real contrast between the two teams. Um, or oh, there should have been. There wasn't because Cruzers were very very poor at uh, making the most of the opportunities that they had, and and they were poor at keeping the ball, to be honest. But just defensively, mm-hmm. the organisation of Cruz Azul defensively was absolutely outstanding. The way that they were regularly changing formations, particularly with uh, Leas Hernandez dropping back into the left-back role to mark um, Corral, George Corral, when he was making his attacking runs down the right-hand side. And um, the, the way they knew how to adjust to the back five and then four, uh, the midfield going from four to three, it was really, really impressive, the organisation. So, you know, hats off to Caixinha for, for that. And compared to Caletero, who were an absolute mess, it was quite amazing. But giving all of that, you know, you're watching this game and you're thinking tactically, like, Cruz Azul is so much better than Caletero. But they drew in the end and Caletero probably could have, could have won it. So it's a weird game. Cruz Azul are a bit of a weird team. Very impressive in some ways and not in others. Yeah, that's how I'd say. True. Um, You mentioned Edgar Mendes, and, you know, I I totally agree. Is he a player that's overrated and overhyped? I mean, does Grasso need to get rid of him? What are, what are your what is what are your opinion? He's the weak link in the in the team without without a doubt. Um, the amount of of their counterattacks that broke down with Mendes, and you know, he's two seasons into Liga Mekis now. His efficiency with the ball in creating chances is is poor. There's a lot of output attacking output from him, but he gives the ball away so much. And when you compare it to uh, what Elias and um, Alvarado have done. For Cruz Azul this season, it's just an enormous gap. And so, for me, he is their weak link and uh, he needs to be replaced. Interesting. Uh, And yes, people will say that he does things well defensively. He's well organised. He works hard off the ball, but in possession, he's just not good enough. Well, that's all it takes for him to to go somewhere else. (laughs) Um, Okay. Now, moving along to Monterrey versus Santos. Monterrey in first leg, getting the 1-0, which we all were really um, stoked about Funes, Funes Moris and oh. his Chilena goal, which is a beauty, actually. Um, and second leg, Santos at home versus Monterrey. Monterrey won 2 0. Santos was scoreless first and second leg, which really shocked us both. Mm. Um, because I we, we kind of all we betted for Santos. We we you know uh, the people that have listened to us have this heard this over and over about Monterrey and how we weren't confident. Monterrey is just a regular team and they have the the players, but they don't have a, a defined style of play. They're not exciting to watch. So Santos, you know, being higher on the scoreboard and their consistent performance all season, we would just assume. So Santos, I was scoreless and Furch comes to an end. Tom, which you did say, I told you so, Caddy, and I will say it on here. Um, but yeah, so... It really, you know, I think the only the only thing I have to say for Santos is um, be campeón, no más León, because León's the only one that can get back-to-back titles. So, 
that's the sole thing I'll take away from that. I know you're laughing at me. Um, so give me your thoughts about Monterrey Santos and the influence of Funes Moris, because you have mentioned this before. Yeah, I mean, what a goal. What a goal. And we've had some stunners in Ligia so far, some phenomenal goals, but this was very, very special. And, you know, yeah, like you say, we've, we've spoken to death. I mean, we've spoken to death about most teams this season, to be honest, but we've spoken to death about Monterrey <laughs> and their style of play and um, how there's been little to no evolution under Diego Alonso. Um, but under that, perhaps we've kind of, in our, in our disappointment and our surprise, um, forgotten that, well, their original style of play under Turko Mohamed was very successful. Uh, for a lot of t the time, especially last season. Uh, to me, it's become more and more apparent that Funes Mori was pivotal to this. Uh, his goal scoring, obviously, uh, he's not the, the, the best, most prolific goal scorer in Liga Mekis, but he does get a, get a fair amount of goals. But I think more uh, to that, he is, more than that, he is a, a very good target man who is very good at holding up the play. Monterrey play a lot of clearances, a lot of long balls, and they rely on the physicality of their target man to win the ball and play in the likes of Aviles and Pabon and Gallardo and Pizarro. And without Funes Mori, uh, they've struggled with that. And one man in particular has struggled, Aviles Utada, one of my favorite players in the history of Liga Mekis, has had a very, very poor season. But then against Santos in the second leg, he was absolutely outstanding. It was the Aviles of old. He was genius. He was brilliant running with the ball with the retouch this assist was just unbelievable it was it Phenomenal. was vintage Aviles that performance it really really was uh, and really pleasing for me as a massive fan of him you know it's been sad to see him this season subpar so it was pleasing to see him uh, on on his top form and um, Monterrey with Funes Mori are just a different animal uh, again you know this tie could have been very different. These ties are so close. There's so much parity in Liga Mekis. It so much comes down to f who finishes the chances. I mean, Furch this season has been unbelievable. He's missed one big chance all season uh, in the regular season. And in Ligia, he misses the big chance against Monterrey. He doesn't score from, I think it was six shots he had across the two legs when he's averaged a goal almost once every two shots across the season. It just didn't go for them. And in the second leg, you look at the two goals, John Orozco could have saved both for me. You know, he could have done better. And again, he's been one of the best goalkeepers in Liga Mekis this season. And this is a wonderful example, I think, of how the short-termism of Liga Mekis, these one-off games, which I'm not criticizing, I love it, um, but it makes it so difficult for coaches and analysts because you look at that and you think, well, Furch, look at his form, look how good he's been this season. You can rely on him up front and you can rely on Orozco. He's had a fantastic season, one of the best save percentages in the league. And both of them disappoint and that's it. You're gone. End of the season. It's just so hard. So, so hard. It really is, but it's Liga mix. <laughs> <laughs> I think all in all, and I think we both really were shocked that Monterrey advanced, and I guess we will see how they will do in semis because they tend to be, they tend to choke in scenarios like this where they have the opportunity to advance and make that big step, and yeah, it doesn't happen for them. So, although I wonder this year, this year they're going in as the underdogs, 
you know, before the last few seasons, it's been hyped, 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 hyped. It was just pitiful uh, midweek in the first leg. That was weird. That was really weird. That is the lowest attendance they've ever had at that stadium. I mean, they've they've played regular season games against Lobos and Veracruz with higher attendances. I'm not quite sure what was going on with that. That was very weird. And then maybe the ticket prices were very high. Um, but it was weird. Twenty five thousand. That's too. <laughs> Possibly. It's uh, things are only cursed until they're uncursed. That's so funny. But any, you know, moving on to our next game, at least we have one of the Regio teams in the semifinals. Um, that's where we move along to the Pumas Tigres, where we both were wrong in our predictions. Um, Tigres being Tigres, a successful team, very consistent, very powerful, have a lot of uh, quality and uh, depth in, in the squad. But we've also seen that Tigres has been struggling. Um, First leg, Tigres won 2-1. Um, second leg, at home, Pumas. I really didn't have much faith in Pumas. Pumas only have won like, one home game in the past eight home games. So um, I really didn't have any faith in them. And they got a 3-1. And it was crazy because Tigres really just needed one more goal for them to sneak into semifinals. And that was literally on the line the last couple of minutes. So... A very interesting Pumas, like we said, a very inconsistent Pumas, not really reliable, but they got it done. They got it done, and Tigres is eliminated. And I'm smiling because I just finally it's over. Um, in a Gignac that was non existent, um, no Gignac, no Ligia for them, apparently. And I think we've said this it's Tigres that has been neglected this season, it's kind of a thing that we kind of expected. Um, so I didn't expect it to be done by Pumas, honestly. But it's Ligia, it's the madness. Talk to me about Pumas versus Tigres. Fascinating tie, this uh, two really interesting legs of football. Uh, so much thing we've spoken about. I mean, you've already mentioned Juniak, Mr. Ligia was missing, really, really was. I mean, the first leg, he was marked out of the game by Alejandro Arribas, who was sensational defensively. And across the two legs, Juniak still managed 10 shots on goal. Every single one was off target. He did not once hit the target in 10 shots across the two legs. So he was, he was surprisingly really, really, really poor. Um, but there's more to it than just that. I mean, defensively, I still think is where Tigres lost this, game, this tie. Um, really interesting. Uh, something we've seen across the uh, quarterfinals so far. Tigres and America, both who normally play with four defenders, added a third centre-back um, during these ties, as did Carretero for their second leg at Cruz Azul. And you think adding an extra defender is that classic... Uh, it's a knockout game you're going to go in cautiously it's that classic move that defensive move that coaches so often make uh, in these big games and it completely backfired in all three scenarios because and, and I think part of this is because defending is so much about understanding and organisation Janino Ayala are so good together I mean the two have an incredible understanding they've played so many games together and you chuck in Francisco Mesa in between the two and it caused problems I mean Mesa made the fatal error for the first 
um, Pumas goal, which gave them the shock lead in Monterrey. And then you look at the the second leg, obviously the third goal is just one on the counter, but you know, twice just poor marking from Tigres. Um, twice headed goals from, from crosses and uh, Moran and Carlos Gonzalez found unmarked. And you know, you wonder was actually the defensive move um, one that made the defence weaker for Tigres. I think that's a possibility. Although there is, again, the argument we've mentioned before that this defence is ageing. It's not as good as it once was. So Tigres don't have the best defence in the league this season. I mean, Carlos Gonzalez clearly has caused nightmares for them. He's scored four goals across the two games against Tigres this season now, plus got an assist as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think defensively is is where Tigres really, really struggled. They struggled to deal with those aerial balls, which Pumas are really, really good at. I mean, they're the most direct team in Liga Mekis this season. So, like I said, it was a very, very interesting tie. And um, it was a shame I couldn't quite make the game at Seu, but uh, the atmosphere looked pretty, pretty incredible. So Tigres needs to reinforce next season defensively? Do you think they will, though? I don't know. I mean, again, so much is, is fine, fine lines. Edu Vargas has the perfect chance in the first half. I mean, the, the, the classic cutback to around the penalty spot. Uh, it's a glorious chance. You don't get many better chances than that. And he puts it over the bar. I mean, if he scores that and they take the lead you've got yourself a completely different game potentially and we could be talking about them going through now and the season could be completely different. Uh, it's just fine, fine lines. Do they need to... Do they need to readjust? I don't, I don't know. Um, I think they probably missed Torres Nilo as well. You know, Duenas is a, is a great player but he's not as good defensively. Uh, I think having Tuca all season will help for them but... I like Messer. I think he is a fantastic defender. But taking out a Janino Ayala is a massive decision. Um, there's oh, questions. No. There's still questions over the midfield. You know, Carioca and Bizarro together. Look, they've got a phenomenal squad, but finding the best lineup is a difficulty. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in one, one name, you know, one big player from South America or Europe. Interesting. I guess we shall see how Tigres, um, if they decide to rebuild this team defensively, what they can do. But very shocking. Uh, Pumas advances. Um, so it's definitely a different side of Pumas, a wild side of Pumas. They're the wild card, I think, for me, this league yeah, because I wouldn't have expected them to knock out Tigres. Not because they couldn't, because Tigres, I think, is a very beatable team, especially this season, but I just didn't expect it from Puma, so mm. um, it, it will be interesting. And on, um, on the subject, got to give a quick mention to Victor Malcora, who has played at centre mid, he's played on the wing, he played at left back against Tigres, uh, got both assists, and he has been absolutely outstanding. A really good pickup for Pumas. You know, he, he's been missed by Cholos, definitely, and he's made a brilliant impact for Pumas. Hard-working, always creative. Very good player. Are we going to see you at Pumas this week? We are. I've, okay. I have, we works. I've splashed out and got my ticket. 
we will um, tune in next week so you can hear about that experience in a semifinal from Tom. Dang. Oh, it's going to be an interesting, especially if Puma's playing at that time. So we will see how they do in their first leg at home. Um, okay. Moving along to my favorite uh, face-off, this Ligia, because it had many goals. And uh, I think this, you know, first and second leg definitely defined the chaos and the madness that Ligia can bring to us. Um, America versus Toluca. Um, Toluca versus America in the first leg. Toluca at home, 2-2. Two, two. And that was just Alexis Vega scoring in the 90-plus-6 minutes. Um, it was just epic. It was epic, Tom. It was a goal. It was a golazo. I mean, it was just such a beauty. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Alexis Vega, so that just really topped it off. But America's two goals in the first leg from were from Aguilera and Valdez, who now sum up ten goals as a center back duo, which you have mentioned before. So very, very exciting there. So coming back to La Azteca on Sunday where you did attend to that game. America versus Toluca. America winning at home 3-2. Again, it was a game where Toluca just needed one more goal to advance uh, because of the goal advantages that they would have scoring. And it was just chaos. It was chaos and you lived it. You lived, you know, a chaotic game and Toluca with 10 men from the 51st minute, but play basically playing a whole second half with 10 men, and America looked very sloppy. America would looked very incomplete in that aspect, and uh, Toluca was so close. And I, I was betting for the upset. I was betting for the upset, even though I did want America to advance. But all in all, America did advance. Tom, you were there, of course. Your second home. Um, and I know you went in as a special guest, let's put it that way, but I'll let you talk about your experience in America versus Toluca second leg. It was, I mean, this was La Guia at its absolute best. The, the first leg set it up superbly well. As, as you say, the, the Vega goal was incredible. The young guy, last second of the game, and Toluca really need a goal at that moment. And with that first touch when he received the ball, the skill and just the composure, he takes out three players with one touch. Absolutely brilliant. And then opens his body up, finds the far corner. It's just outstanding, outstanding goal. And it set up the second leg perfectly. And yeah, I was very fortunate to um, be in the press box for this game. Um, and uh, it's... This is the impact of the America having the English language output now. I was able to contact uh, the guy who runs the English language um, accounts through Footmix Nation, and um, thanks to Wiso if he's listening, and thanks to Ted from Club America English, and uh, sorted out my my credentials. So I was able to go in the press box, which was just a, an amazing experience. I know you've done it before yourself and it's uh, as being my first time it was very very special very special to see a game as not not a fan as something else uh, something I always dreamt of so uh, it was yeah it was an amazing day it was an amazing day and the game was just uh, 
just insane. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And Amerika, I thought, were pretty fortunate in the first half. The Martinez goal comes, Cecilio wasn't, it wasn't an excellent run from him. He runs into the defender and it ricochets off the defender, off him and falls for Roger, who finishes well. Valdez then left unmarked. I mean, this is criminal. They've, Toluca have already conceded a header from Valdez in, in this tie. Like you said, there's now 10 goals between him and Aguilera and they leave him unmarked at the far post. Really, really disappointing from Toluca. But they had their chances. First half, they had they had chances. Sambuesa missed a one-on-one. Vega went close. Um, it was uh, Garcia, Santiago Garcia hit the post, like sort of the, uh, in between the post and the bar um, late on in the second half. There was a lot of chances. Uh, they, they came out second half with a great chance. Quinones missed a sitter. And then when Salinas got sent off, I thought, okay, this is a big ass now. I can't see them coming back. And then Paolo Aguilar comes up with that incredible volley which Talavera just couldn't keep out uh, celebrates with <laughs> I don't even know how to describe like it fly. but we, we all know what the celebration was and it was I mean some people hate Aguilar's original dance I think he's I think it's funny I think it's why not you know it, it makes me laugh and um, so as did this one to be honest you know, 3-0 at this point. To look at any three goals, they're a man down. It's, it's, it's game over, surely. But I tweeted Liga Mekis games in Ligia just refuse to die sometimes. And how many times have we seen America do this? Especially the Mickey Arroyo and Sabuesa days. And of course, Sabuesa now is at Toluca and he inspires the most unlikely of comebacks. An outstanding free kick in the 68th minute. And then the game really came alive and the atmosphere was incredible. At times, it, it just blew your, blew your mind. The noise in the Azteca just blew me away. It really did. Uh, you had both sets of fans doing everything they could to cheer on their team. And then uh, you're about five minutes left. Chiliverio gets a free header and he puts it wide. Surely that's it. But no, William Da Silva scores. Three minutes to go to Luca only need one and it was just madness everyone was on the edge of their seat in the press box um, just, it was it was chaos uh, the noise was unbelievable like I said absolutely unbelievable and the Medica held on to go through again I mean just to give a, a little bit of analysis as well as just my experience again they added like Tigres like I said they added a central defender they brought in Edson Alvarez and uh, instead of making them more solid defensively, I think it messed with their organisation and they, um, they conceded a lot of chances. Toluca had a lot of chances in this game. Uh, you know, Piojo went for his favoured 5-3-2, but for me, he left a lot of his best players on the bench. I think the formation, the way they've played this season has worked. Uh, I think they're solid enough with the Aguilera Valdez partnership as four defenders. I didn't think they needed to bring in one. And then you leave out, you're leaving a batter on the bench, arguably their best player, uh, probably the best winger in Liga Mekis. Uh, plus, playing Cecilio over Lainez, Ibargen, obviously a batter, although he probably couldn't play that central role as well. Peralta as well. Weird. You know, I, I gather that Piojo really likes Cecilio, but honestly, he has not had a good season. I mean, he's 
definitely been the weakest of America's uh, wide men, of America's attacking wingers. And, you know, I don't think he was, I mean, he was terrible in the first leg. And I don't think he was particularly great in the second leg. He showed moments of skill, but he was lucky with his assist. He missed a, a couple of big chances for America that could have made things even more comfortable. So it's, it's one where I, I actually, although they've gone through, I, I have less faith in this America side now than I did before. Uh, and a lot of that is, is really due to, I think, to Piojo just sort of messing with what was, I think, a very solid system. Um, Working. Mm-hmm. But... All in all, what a game. <laughs> what a game. Just, honestly, I, I, can't, I can't put into words how fortunate I am uh, to have been to this, this game and to be able to go to these Ligia games. And there's more to come. So, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Everyone's got to do it, seriously. If you can, get yourself to a Ligia game. Second leg of a Ligia. It's another world. Definitely. I think you you explained it really well how Medica, I think, uh, after these two legs, is not looking like a strong team just because how they can't hold up the team, you know, with a lead and then having the other team sneaking up on you and tying like it happened in the first leg. And second leg, they almost got eliminated. But look, I just needed one goal. I mean, with the five extra minutes, it, it was kind of just a coin flip that the Luca just could sneak in there and make another goal and I think uh, Toluca kind of overlooked uh, Bruno because they clearly left Bruno unmarked on that goal not knowing that this man with that goal has six goals this season he's like an extra striker for for America which is kind of crazy but um, yeah I really appreciate this Toluca I think um, this is probably the most exciting first and second leg for me and you kind of know these teams are going to go head to head and they're, they're going to give it all. And I really appreciated what the Luca came out with, especially being ta- down with 10 men. That, Like you said, we've seen this before throughout the season where uh, the team having the advantage with 11 players still lose. Um, so this could have been another situation like that. And I think after this game, it just questions America and their ability to hold up. Um, but not, I mean, not discrediting that they do have the players that they do have with quality. And they, like you've said, they've had a system that's been working. It's just this game kind of looked really uncomposed. Um, and I, I kind of missed out on seeing Linus on the field. Um, and then uh, Piojo choosing Martin over Perata, which I didn't think that was a bad decision, but kind of not, not thinking of Perata going in. Joe Corona came in, which I kind of, I didn't like that um, <laughs> for me, but... It was a good game, and I'm still upset that Toluca didn't pull the upset. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think they're going to be really again? upset. I think, Go ahead. I think they're going to be really upset, Toluca, because, the, like you said, the goals they've conceded, conceding three goals from centre-backs over the tie, two headers from Valdez, you know, not learning their lesson, which is clear that he's such a threat and leaving him unmarked those little mistakes have got to be so frustrating and then the amount of chances they missed in that second leg so many yeah. chances a stupid red card as well it's a, it's a game they they've had such a great chance of winning this tie um, so it's another yeah. another Ligia goes missing for Toluca for a good Toluca team you know they, they, again like so many years it's a strong team they just fall short 
they do and uh, it's sad but could have could it have been the last game that we see Alexis Vega with the Luca jersey maybe I mean Chivas is kind of wanting him and we'll see how that works out but uh, a round of applause for Luca but yeah I can imagine the frustration but um especially with Pau Aguilar's celebration uh, kind of would be like oh my god Pau um, but yeah so America advanced into semifinals and we have the semifinals set um, semis are in place Grasul versus Monterrey on Wednesday Pumas versus America on Thursday and vice versa Grasul uh, at home which Tom you will be attending as well correct? yeah yeah, I got my ticket. It's like a roll call for like every league I'm at. Like, Tom, you're going to that one, right? Check. <laughs> How awesome is that? And then, of course, the America versus uh, Pumas game on Sunday. So, I know you don't like predictions, but uh, I'm going to ask you because I am the one that asks questions. Um, Cruz Azul versus Monterrey just overall because we're going to record next week so the first and second lines we would have already passed by Crestur versus Monterrey who do you see advancing to the final it's a it's very tough it's going to be interesting because you've got I mean to be honest you've got four sides that don't like having the ball that much in this in this, uh, the rest of the gear but you know Monterrey and Cruz Azul two sides that really like to hit on the counter so how are they going to manipulate the game in their favour? Who's going to manage to get the counter-attacks? Or is one team going to, going to say, actually, we'll try and dominate the possession this game and use that to our advantage? And I wouldn't be surprised if Cruz Azul did that because they've got Caixinha, who is, you know, he's a good tactician and he, I think he's a lot more versatile tactically, certainly, than we've seen from Alonso this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a different a bit of a different Crucial performance. Obviously, I, I still expect them to be defence first and disciplined uh, defensively, not you know um, staying very compact, staying in their in a, a tight shape, um, sticking to their positions out of possession. But I wouldn't be surprised if they look to have a bit more of the ball over the tie. It's a tough one. I mean, I would have I would have said Crucial, but. The Monterrey performance against Santos really impressed me, and with Funes Mori, I think there's there's so much more of a, th- a threat there. Um, but this Cruz Azul team, they just they're just not losing this season. I mean, I don't know what it is. You're laughing at me because I have no idea what to say right now. You're so confused. Your face says it all. Like I don't want to say who, but. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cruz Azul, maybe on the tiebreaker, <laughs> on finishing ahead of the, in the table. Okay. Now, give me a player from Cruz Azul and Monterrey that will be very, like a very important player for each team. I think, uh, you know, Cruz Azul in attack rely on on uh, very being very efficient at finishing their chances they don't create a lot 
they're not the best at creating chances in this league without a shadow of a doubt and the guy who is so so good at that is Elias Hernandez he is just a he's he's just the king of finishing attacks with the goal or an assist and he's done that for so long he was so good for Leon as you know and uh, yeah I think if if they're going to win this tie he's going to be crucial he's going to have to be on right on top form and I expect he will be he's been phenomenal this season really has been for, for Monterrey uh, obviously obviously Funes Mori but I, I wonder how much of a say Marcelo Baravero will have in goal who is a fantastic keeper hasn't had the best of seasons but was very good against Santos obviously keeping a clean sheet in both games uh, made a few impressive saves and so um, I wonder how much of a role he might play you know you've got two fantastic keepers in this game as well I mean the, both teams are stacked with quality so it's going to be good definitely moving to Pumas versus America give me wait, your wait, wait. important player Did, from Pumas are you skipping out on your prediction here do you not do you get away no, with it no I was going to say mine <laughs> at the end okay Okay, I I believe Cruzul will go to the final. Okay, comfortably. There, huh? Comfortably. I think the first leg they'll tie. Um, just kind of getting a feel for each other. Um, second leg and at home, Cruzul will show out. Um. So I, I strongly believe Grosso will go to the final. And now if they win the final or not, that's not up to me um, because I don't know which is worse, uh, losing a final or, uh, I don't know, uh, losing a semifinal. But I believe Grosso will go to the final. All right. Compared to you, Tom, it took you like <laughs> a while to get to where <laughs> Um. Okay. I'm not skipping me. I'm just putting you on the spot. So effectively. <laughs> okay. Now give me your. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Now give me your your important player for Pumas and your important player for America in this first and second leg. For Pumas, um, I think. Carlos Gonzalez is very, very, very important in this tie. He, he's been excellent this season. Obviously, so good against Tigres. He's a fantastic target man. Very strong, very physical, very good in the air. But can he be a threat against uh, what is a very good aerial um, America defense, as we know? Uh, the amount of goals that the two centre-backs Valdez and Aguilera have scored, so, you know, that shows how good they are in the air. So can Gonzalez be as effective as he has against other teams in other games this season against uh, America's very strong centre-back duo? Or could be a trio if, if Edson starts again. For, no, um, for America, I mean, I could flip that and just say one of the centre-backs, but that would be a bit lazy. I would say, uh, I think uh, Uribe, Mateus Uribe is, you know, the the man who, he gets across the pitch so well, he makes so much happen for America, 
uh, so influential going forward as well as defensively and when they're not quite sure of their attacking duo they've got wingers who sometimes I think Abado is always excellent but Ibarga and Cecilio sometimes they're great sometimes not Mateus Oribe is the consistent man in uh, creating things from the midfield so I'd say that he uh, he's a key man Now the most important question, Tom. Pumas or America to the final? I think America. Uh, their team is phenomenal. I mean, there's so much strength. Their bench against Toluca was absolutely ridiculous. I'm not sure if he continues with a 5-3-2. But particularly mm-hmm. because of their centre-back pairing, I think they're good enough to deal with Pumas' long balls. I think they're better uh, at dealing with balls into the box than Tigres were. So I don't think Pumas will be as threatening going forward. And America have so much attacking quality. Uh, But it's going to be mad. I mean, the first leg is going to be insane. You know, so is uh, the old-fashioned stadium and... You know, I've I've heard, especially in those America games, like uh, when they've last met in the gear, things can get pretty tense at Seoul. So pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so that could play a part, and it's not something that teams are really used to in the Gameki. So it could definitely play a part. And then the Azteca is going to be rocking. I am going to go with America as well. Um, I think it's a Pumas that surprised me versus Tigres. Um, will it shock me if Pumas beats America? No. Um, I think it was created by Ligia that you can't underestimate any team. And it's when they're under pressure and when they want it, they, they get what they want. So if Pumas does their homework and marks... <laughs> on the attack Aguilera and Valdez which are the extra threats that America does have I think they have a pretty good chance Um, but I'm going to say America Um, I'm not saying comfortably just because I I don't like how they played first and second leg towards the end Um, but I believe they, they they will get by and we'll probably see a Cruz Azul versus America final but I wouldn't be surprised if Pumas advances. So it's kind of like the wild card that's still in my deck. Yeah, I, I mean, we're still talking about Liga Mekis. There's, there's so little between these teams. The teams that are left in the competition is in the regular season. There's a six-point gap between uh, Cruz Azul and Monterrey and then Pumas America, three points. So very, very little to pick from these teams. Definitely. So there you guys go. Semifinals are already set. You kind of heard Tom's uh, important player of each team in semifinals and our predictions, which we will see if they come true or not. Um, Tom will have the honors of going um, to these games this weekend. So it, it will be very interesting. Uh, see how he lives those semifinals um, but yeah so anything else Tom you want to add before we go 
I just can't believe how fortunate I am my first season in Mexico. I just happened to be living in Mexico City and three teams left in the competition in Mexico City. So I've already sorted two games I've got tickets for and I think I'll be back in the press box for America. So three out of four of the Ligia semifinals, it's not, it's not bad, it's not bad. You're living a dream, a very good dream. A very twisted and expected 2018. How about that? Yeah, it's been a hell of a year. Uh, but yeah, so much right now, so much right now is, is just a dream. And uh, just loving things even more than I even expected. If things, if things is the very, right word. Very good. <laughs> it's what? If things is the right word. Um, yes, things is the right word. Just be careful when you say things sometimes because I have to correct you on that. Um, anyways, so there you have it from Tom. Tune in next week so you can listen to Tom's experiences during these games. And thank you guys for listening to this podcast with the quarterfinals, post-game, and the preview of the semifinals because we're just eager to see who will make it to the final. A very chaotic uh, Ligia that will never start, stop surprising us. Um, we can expect Golasso's late winning, late winning goals, VAR decisions, Bioho getting mad for the extra times. Um, yeah, so we can expect a lot. Um, but thank you guys for listening to us. And uh, thank you, Tom, for talking to me tonight because we we try to keep up with this as much as we can <laughs> for everybody if you're not following tom which you guys should be following him at this point if you've gone through 11 episodes of another football podcast and have heard tom's very um awesome analysis and it's experience that he lives in real life with these games you can follow him at at tom h underscore 36 and if you're not following Karina already, which you should be by now, where can we find you? You never say, you never call me Karina. Weird. Um, you guys can follow me at Torres underscore seven. Uh, thank you guys again for listening to another football podcast with me and Tom. And we'll catch you guys next week um, getting ready for a final. So thank you. We'll see you then.